The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to the All Rookie Podcast. Today is September 21st and I'm your host, William Harris, a.k.a. William is Bill. Today I will be going over my rookie rankings for your fantasy NBA drafts. That's right, fantasy season is right around the corner. October 3rd is the start of the new season, albeit preseason, but still, basketball is back. Uh, mock drafts are in full effect. So let's get straight to it like it's nothing to it. Now these are my rankings. These are how I feel these rookies, this rookie class should be inserted into your mock drafts. You know, and you know, mainly when it comes to drafts, it's rare that rookies even have an impact. But you know, normally there are five to ten each year that do have good impact. <laughs> impact that contribute a lot. But I'm going to go ahead and give you a list of, let's see how many I have, 34, 35 of my top rookies and how I feel they all can contribute in fantasy leagues. Because we have to remember, there are not just 10 team, 10 player, 10 team leagues out there. There are 12 team leagues. There are 14, 16, 18, 20. I'm in a 24 team league. It is dynasty, albeit, but... There are leagues where you will be using more than 5 to 10 rookies. So, if you're in a dynasty league, especially. But for today's rankings, they're just going to be regular drafts for this season, this upcoming season. How I'm ranking the rookies coming in for your draft. So, Especially if you're in a deep league, you're definitely going to want to listen to this episode. <laughs> Hope I got all that out clear enough for you. First, we're going to start with Kay Cunningham, the obvious number one choice. The number one pick in the draft, the highly coveted player that everyone is expecting to change the fortunes of the Detroit Pistons. Kay Cunningham played great in college, obviously. In his uh, summer league with the Detroit Pistons, he averaged 19 points, 6 boards, 2 assists, 2 steals, 1 block. And that's what you can expect from Cade Cunningham coming into the season, if not more. He will struggle at times. He will not just come in right away and be an all-star, but he has the keys to the car. I mean, him and uh, Jeremy Grant are pretty much the face of this Pistons team now, and, you know... After the first month of the season, it's probably just going to be Cade alone by himself because Jeremy Grant is great, but he's not the future of the team. So they will cater to him in every way. And the reason I have him number one also is because he's not just a scorer. He's going to be putting up stats in other categories, whether it's blocks, steals, rebounds, assists, because he's going to be running the show. He's not just a three-point shooter, not just an offensive player, not just a defensive player. He's an all-around player. So in category leagues in fantasy, this is what you're going to be looking for. So with that first pick, uh, you definitely have to go with Kate Cunningham in a rookie league. Like if you know, you're just drafting rookies. But in a standard draft, I still think Kate Cunningham 
is the first rookie that should come off the board. Uh, so, like, he will be, he might be pick 70, 80, you know, maybe even earlier than that. It just depends on how big of a risk you're willing to take. But when you have someone that has the keys to the car, it's worth taking. Next, I have at number two, Jalen Green. He averaged 20 points per game in the Summer League. And that was one game where he got injured as well. So his points would have been higher than that. He is another player that pretty much has the keys to the Houston Rockets team. You know, they are in debates of talking about a trade with John Wall. So right now, it's Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. It's going to be their team. A little Christian Wood in there. But, you know, the reason he's second is because, like I said, I named those other players. They have a lot of young talent. Jalen Green will still be the focal point. But he's going to have to share the ball a little bit more than Cade. And he's not as good as a distributor as Cade. He will have to, you know, he's going to be the highest scoring player as far as the rookies more than likely. He will easily get over 20 points per game as long as the team keeps going the same way that they did in the summer league. And he will be the flashiest player on and off the court. So I believe Jalen Green will be number two. So he might be drafted in the 70s and 80s as well. Number three, Jalen Suggs, who was drafted fifth. Point guard for the Orlando Magic. He should start. He is a great all-around player. In the summer league, he averaged 15, 6, 2 assists, 2 steals, and 1 block. And that was with a game where he got cut short because he got injured as well. So all those numbers would have been better as well. He showed clearly why he was a top five pick in the draft, arguably. You know, I had him ranked as my number two rookie. And so, if he was on a different team where he was the uh, main guy, I would have him even higher than this. But, you know, I've moved him up to number three. I think he'll have a great impact for the Magic. There are a lot of point guards there, but Suggs will be the focus. And I really think the Mavs are probably, uh, the Magic are probably in line for a trade coming up soon in the future. Number four, have Evan Mobley. He was drafted third, but I have him fourth because the Cavs have brought in so many players to have some competition for him. You know, you may not think it's competition, but <laughs> at the center position, they have Jared Allen. They just brought in Laurie Markkinen. They have Isaac Okoro. There's a lot of guys in his area range, you know, <laughs> so I doubt he would be playing heavy minutes. They, it looks like they may ease him in because he is still a little raw. And in summer league, he averaged 11 points, 8 boards, and 2 blocks per game. And I think those numbers will be probably similar um, in the regular season. So, I have him fourth. But he's still well worth the draft pick. He will be drafted in probably in 10 teams, in 12-team leagues. So, worth the risk. It would be even better if they would not have brought in Laurie Markkinen or re-signed Jared Allen. But still. Uh, number five, I have Scotty Barnes. Average 15 and a half points, seven boards, three assists, one steal, and two blocks. He's kind of got the K Cunningham factor with the all-around stats. And you have to remember, Pascal Siakam will be out for quite some time because he's had a soldier injury and he's having that repaired. So that leaves an open door for Scotty Barnes to come in. He's the highly touted rookie. They chose him over Jalen Suggs. So not only do they truly believe in um, Scotty Barnes 
to take him over pretty much a lock as a great player, they're going to want to see him play and get some minutes and show what he can do and possibly be a Pascal Siakam replacement. So at least for the beginning of the season, it'll be great. But like I said, if it is great, they will find a way to get him minutes uh, for the rest of the season, even when Pascal Pascal comes back. Number six, this is where it starts getting a little tricky because the top five, obviously we all know great players. Um, But six and on down, it gets a little tricky. Uh, I have Josh Giddy on my list because <laughs> now if you listen to any of my shows, you know I never really liked Josh Giddy. I felt he was a huge reach for OKC. Possibly he has high bust potential, but they drafted him because they love his size as a six-eight point guard, and he's a great assist man. So with him being the six overall pick. He will be out there and out there on the court a lot because they have to make it look like they did not make a mistake. So even if he struggles, he will have room to struggle because OKC is not trying to win anything right now. They're trying to develop stars and trade assets. That's all they're trying to do. And if you're good enough, they'll keep you. If not, you're out of there uh, for a draft pick next year. So Josh Giddy will get plenty of opportunity. And at worst, he's going to be a great assist man. At best, he could be flirting with triple-doubles out there. So, he would have to be six on my radar. If I had to six pick, <laughs> if the other five rookies were off the board, it would be really hard for me to pick Josh Giddy. But the fact that he will be getting those minutes is very enticing. Now, I have the same type of feel for my next player, Franz Wagner. The 6'9 power forward from Michigan. Only averaged eight points, four boards, one assist, one steal in the summer league. He did not look good at all in the summer league. But once again, the Orlando Magic rebuilding team, they drafted him eighth. He's going to get minutes. And, you know, he's kind of a do-it-all role player type of player. And the Magic need that. And they and he's a pretty good shooter. The Magic need that. So he will be out there on the court. Like I said, don't really believe in him as well as far as being great. He should not have been drafted eighth. But he epitomizes safe. Um, so he will easily you know, come through for you in a category league. He's not going to be anything exciting for you, though. So, like I said, this is where you know it's a huge drop-off after number five as far as being in fantasy drafts. Now, next, number eight, I have, it might be a surprise to you, but I have Trey Murphy. He was drafted 17th. Uh, by the Pelicans, but I have him as my eighth potential best fantasy player because he's in a good situation with the Pelicans. They desperately need three-point shooting. He can provide that. In the summer league, he averaged 16.7 boards, three steals, two assists, one block. Great numbers, great numbers, great numbers. If he was guaranteed a a starting spot, I would have him above Franz Wagner. Uh, It's just that draft capital a lot of times gets you more minutes. So Franz Wagner was drafted almost 10 spots ahead of him. But Trey Murphy is most definitely the better player. It just depends on his minutes. And the way he performed incredible in summer league. So I see him finding a path to minutes. um, And that talent is there. That's why I have him ranked 8th. Number 9, Alperin Sengun, my man. Love Alperin Sengun's game. 
He averaged 14 and a half points, 11 boards, three assists, one steal, three blocks per game. He did it all uh, for the Rockets. Unfortunately, he fell to where he did with the Rockets, and that limited his draft potential. He was their second pick at pick 16, and I feel he was a top 10 pick easily. He displayed that in the summer league, but on the Rockets' actual team, they have Daniel Tice. They also drafted Usman Garuba. They also have Christian Wood. So it's a little bit of a depth issue, but it's not a major depth issue. So I believe, you know, they will want to see him on the court. The Rockets are not a team that's trying to win anything either this year. They're developing young talent, seeing who will stick. Alperin Sengun, great selection for this year's draft. As far as rookies, I feel you could draft him in a 12-team league. Next, I have... At number 10, Chris Duarte, Indiana Pacers selected him. In the summer league, he drafted. He he scored 18 points, four boards, four assists, two and a half steals, and two blocks per game. Incredible numbers as well. The Pacers kind of have a little log jam there. And it's a little bit more of a log jam than the Pelicans. Otherwise, Trey Trey Murphy and Chris Duarte are pretty much neck and neck. Trey Murphy's size just helps him out a little bit more. But Chris Dorte showed he could be the great, the next great scorer for this Indiana Pacers team. If you saw any of his tape ever, <laughs> I mean, it's been pretty great. And he shows you that he is instantly ready to provide impact. You know, he's the oldest player in the draft. Uh, but he is one of the most talented as well. So I feel he'll be a great fit, especially with the news that TJ Warren is not going to be back as soon as we all thought he would be. So that leaves a bit of an opening. And another player at shooting guard is out for the season with the ACL. So Chris Duarte is starting to find himself a little path in there for minutes. Next, I have number 11. A guy that was not drafted in this draft, but is technically a rookie. Omer Yurt 7. He averaged 27 points, 10 boards, and 3 blocks per game in the summer league. He balled out of control uh and he is a rookie this year so he's on the miami heat he's a guy to keep an eye out on he should be the backup center if they want to play big he can play with bam so you know they gave him a full-on contract after seeing him play one or two games in the summer league so uh 27 to 10 is impressive for anyone so i don't care if it's summer league i don't care if it's g league i don't care if it's in (laughs) <laughs> in college, high school, whatever. Omer Yurt 7 is a name to look out for. Next at number 12, I have Davion Mitchell. He was selected by the Sacramento Kings. He was the co-MVP of the Summer League. His defense is what reigns supreme. Incredible defender, but he also showed in college he can score all over the court. Now, in the Summer League, he didn't really focus on scoring as much. But, so it will be interesting to see how he develops with the Kings. Also, being that it, they have three small guards now with him being on the Kings. His path to minutes is going to be tricky. But with him being drafted ninth overall, uh, they will find a way to find him minutes. A lot of people say he may not start, but he will definitely close the games. Because they're going to need his defense out there. And in category leagues, steals, blocks, you know, all that is necessary and hard to find so you know you're going to be able to at minimum get that from davion mitchell so that's why i have him ranked 12th 
For number 13, I have Bones Highland. Yes, he was drafted like number 27, but I have him as the 13th player on my rookie list as far as who can provide instant impact for this year. You have to remember for the Nuggets, Jamal Murray is out for the season. Well, at least a huge part of the season. He could come back near the end, but Bones Highland will be there to help fill those minutes. If Jamal Murray was there, Bones Highland would be nowhere near this high on the list because I think it would be a learning curve year for him. But with him out and how well he played in the Summer League, averaging 20 points per game in the Summer League and five assists, look out for Bones. I think he will get uh, some nice minutes on this Denver team. Uh, and, you know, he clearly can fill it up. Speaking of a player that can fill it up, at number 14, I have Cam Thomas. Also, the other co MVP of the Summer League, averaged 27 points per game. Not much in other categories. So he's just a guy that's going to provide you with points for the most part. When he gets on a real Brooklyn Nets team, they could possibly have him looking for more assists and coach him up to where he can be more of an all-around player. But you know he has that instant offense. The only issue is the team he's on. It's going to be hard to find minutes on the Brooklyn Nets unless, like they have been known to do, Kyrie has missed a lot of games. Even uh, James Harden missed a lot of games last year. So there's a path to minutes as well. That's why I have him 14th. But if he was on any other team, he would be, trust me, he would be a lot higher than this uh, if he was starting somewhere because he can absolutely fill it up. At number 15, I have Jeremiah Robinson Earl. That's right. He was the 32nd pick in the draft. Uh and I think he is a all-around talented player that will do some of everything for this OKC team. OKC needs players. They need, uh, they, they like I said, they're throwing stuff up against the wall, and they're gonna see what sticks. And I feel they he was one of the players that one of the few players in the second round that got a full-on contract, not just a two-way. You know, in college he averaged 16 and eight per game. I could see him, you know, getting at least 10 and 7 per game, depending on the minutes. So he's in a great spot. He's a great all-around player, like I said. Uh, he's an old-school player, great defensive player. So, I mean, I could see him at some point in the season starting. So at number 15, I have to have him put there. I think he's a great spot for him. And like I said, once again, mainly because of the team. You will notice that. Where these players were drafted, where they landed, has a huge impact on their fantasy status because switch where a lot of these guys were drafted and they would be in totally different positions. So this is not just about who's the best player at all because you notice I haven't mentioned Jonathan Kaminga yet. I haven't mentioned Jalen Johnson yet. You know, it's a lot of good players, but some of them are buried on the depth chart. Uh, next, I have Josh Primo. He was the shock of the draft by the Spurs. Uh, a lot of people had him late first round or second round. I even had him second round because in college, they only had Josh Primo playing. First of all, he came off the bench. He only scored eight points per game in college. They had him playing a role to where he was just a spot-up three-point shooter, and that's all he did. In summer league with the Spurs, he averaged 14.5 points, 3.5 boards, 2.5 assists, one steal, 1.5 blocks per game. He showed he can do some of everything in the summer league. And clearly that's what the Spurs saw in him. Uh, they must have had a nice workout with them and were like, hold on, this guy can be a steal. 
this guy can do more than he showed in college, and he's one of the youngest players in the draft. So it just depends. DeMar DeRozan has been shipped out of San Antonio. It depends if they're going to want to throw him into the fire this year or next year. But Josh Primo is the future of the Spurs. But with him being so young, you just don't know if he's going to get the keys to the car right away or if he's going to be worked in. I would assume he's going to be worked in, but I think he will have a nice little role for the Spurs this year. And then in years to come, he could be a star for this Spurs team. Up next, I have James Booknight, the 6'5 guard from UConn. He got drafted by the Charlotte Hornets. Averaged 17 points per game, three boards, four assists. His only issue is the Hornets re-signed Scary Terry, Terry Rozier. So, they have a lot of talent in that backcourt. Obviously, they have LaMelo Ball, but at, um, that Gordon Hayward, I mean, Miles Bridges, the, the list goes on and on. So, you wonder how many minutes he's going to get. And, like I said about Jalen Green, he's more of just a scorer. He's not going to provide you a lot of other stats. So, it's going to be hard for him to have a super fantasy impact. But... If in any case he gets those minutes and you need points, he's a guy to look out for. Because it is just scary Terry in front of him. It's possible Terry Rozier gets traded or minutes gets pushed back a little bit. Uh, but you can easily see him playing that Devontae Graham role. It's just that's not a fantasy stud, especially being a rookie. But he's somebody to look out for. So I have him 17. That was James Booknight. Number 18, I have Zaire Williams. Uh for the Memphis Grizzlies, he he's six foot ten, Fords from Stanford, uh, in college he was highly recruited, highly touted coming out of high school. In college, he had a weird year, to say the least. In summer league, he performed decent, but this guy is a ceiling guy, kind of like Jonathan Kaminga, kind of like Scotty Barnes. This year might not be the year, but in two years, three years, four years. You could see Brandon Ingram. You could see an all-star. You can see, you know, a guy that is, oh, why did he go 10th? He should have went earlier than that. It's because he's a little raw now, but he can shoot. Normally when you're raw, you can do everything but shoot. He's raw and can shoot, and he's a good defender. So he has everything going for him. He just has to find a path to minutes because this Memphis team is fighting for the playoffs every year. They're not in a position like OKC where they can – play around and let a rookie go in there and make mistakes and learn from him. You know, when he comes in, he's going to be asked to do something specifically and to do it specifically well. So the limited minutes, the team he's on hurts him, but his talent still can get him some fantasy goodness. So I have him ranked 18th. Now, similar type of situation with Jonathan Kaminga. And these two are interchangeable. It's really just about the minutes. If, Golden State would not have drafted Moses Moody. I would have Jonathan Kaminga higher. But they are loaded at the small four position. They have Andrew Wiggins. They brought back Andre Iguodala. I mean, Klay Thompson can play the three as well. Uh, so unless Jonathan Kaminga's playing some power forward, it's going to be tough for him to get minutes. But I truly feel he's a top 10 talent in this draft easily. Average 17 and 6 in the summer league. <clears throat> but it's just the team he's on. That was number 19. Number 20, I have his teammate, Moses Moody. Same situation. He averaged 16 points in the summer league. Shows he can do everything that a team would need to contribute. He's just on the wrong team for fantasy. 
But with that talent, I still have him ranked 20th. Now, 21, I have Josh Christopher. Really talented player. Um, and he was not thought of as much. He was selected 20 uh, to Houston 23rd in the draft. But a lot of people thought he could go second round. He can go late first round because he's 6'5 guard from Arizona. Known for his scoring. But he showed in summer league he could not only score well, he could score great. Because when Jalen Green went out, Josh Christopher stepped up and was even better. And now with John Wall demanding a trade out, if no one comes back in of value, like if they just get draft picks or something, that's huge for Josh Christopher. That's why I have him ranked 21st. And in Summer League, his defense really shined. A lot of people did not know he had that great a defense in him. He has a 6'9 wingspan. So he's the type of player that could be really good. It's just Houston has a lot of young talent. And he's added to that list. So we'll have to see how those minutes go. Next I have at number 22, Jalen Johnson. He averaged 19 points, 9.5 boards in the Summer League for the Hawks. He was drafted 20th to the Hawks. Like I said, great summer league. I mean, at first two games, he was looking like he was going to be the MVP of summer league. But clearly, he showed that he was a steal of a draft. There's no way he should have fell to 20. I had him ranked 12th. I had him going 12th to the Spurs. And the Hawks got a steal with this one. But Hawks are loaded with talent as well. This is See, this is where the dilemmas are. Super talented player. Show He had one of the best summer leagues, in my opinion. But he's on a team that is loaded with John Collins, you know, Clint Capella, uh, you know, they Onyeka Nkongwu, uh, Danilo Gallinari, and the Hawks are one of those playoff teams as well. So they're not going to be, you know, giving the keys to Jalen Johnson by any means. So, But if he gets on the court, look out, he's super talented. Uh, next I have Kai Jones, the 6'10 big man from Texas. He's drafted to the Hornets at number 11. Uh, no, he, he was at number 20. I had him going 11th to Charlotte, but they did trade it back into the draft to get him at 20. So they got Book Knight and Kai Jones. Now, he will have to sit behind Mason Plumley, but it's possible that could be a situation like last year in Detroit. Mason Plumley sat ahead of Isaiah Stewart till the end of the season. Then Isaiah Stewart uh, clearly showed that he would have the keys for the future. And I think the same type of situation can play out for Kai Jones. But early in the season, you may not get as much Kai Jones as you want because he's very raw, very skinny. But I think he's worth being the 23rd best player coming up next season for fantasy. Number 24, I have Jared Butler. He was the Oregon guard, teammate of Davion Mitchell, drafted to the Utah Jazz, 40th overall. Because he had a heart condition in college that they found out during the draft process. But if that would not have happened, he would have been drafted 20 spots higher at least. So he got a clean bill of health. He will be the backup point guard for this Utah Jazz team, who is a playoff caliber team. Uh, but Mike Conley is old-er <laughs> now. <laughs> so whenever they want to rest, Mike Conley, Jared Butler will be in there. Whenever Mike Conley gets banged up, Jerry Butler will be in there. Uh, we did not get to see him in summer league. He chose to not participate for you know COVID safety reasons. But knowing his college tape, knowing the type of player he is, 
When he gets minutes on this Utah team, he's going to take full advantage of them. And Utah desperately needed a backup point guard. So that should be a great fit. Number 25, I have my first two-way player on my list. That is Luca Garza. He signed a, unfortunately, he signed a two-way contract. Uh, that means he will go up and down from the G League to the official team as opposed to being on the team all year. In, you know, just that's just how it is. So you never want a player on a two-way contract, really, in fantasy. But if you're going to have one, Luca Garza is the guy because he will play that backup role for center. Um, but he won't be the number two. He'll probably be the number three. And like I said, he won't be there for most of the season. Uh, but he will be developing. But in the summer league, he averaged 15 points, almost 10 boards, and one block per game. So I do not think Detroit expected that to happen. <laughs> this is a guy drafted late in the second round. And he was playing better than Evan Mobley, who was drafted fourth overall. So it's going to be interesting when that two-way contract is converted into an official one. But, I mean... If he gets an opportunity, that could be as early as this year. So we shall see. But I really like what I saw out of Luca Garza. And he deserved a shout out as being one of the top 25 rookies coming into the season. Up next, we have Trey Mann for the OKC Thunder. Now, he did not play much in the Summer League. Also, um, I believe uh, he will be okay, though. It, it, it's kind of a log jam for the Thunder. Um at that point guard position, you know, he's 6'4", they have Shea, they have Giddy, they have Teo Maladon. Um, but he was great in the college at Florida, averaged 16 points per game in Florida. He didn't do much, like I said, in summer league. But he's just another guard that I feel, I, I think OKC drafted him to trade him. Because, like I said, they don't need another point guard like this. This guy is really good. He could be DeJounte Murray in a few years if he keeps developing this game. He's very smooth. Never looks rushed out there. And he's a good shooter, good defender. But we shall see if about his path to minutes. Okay, up next we have Corey Kispert. Um, he was drafted to the Washington Wizards at pick 15. Really liked Corey Kispert in college. His tape was phenomenal. But he was the type of player that I wondered, would it translate to the NBA? So far in Summer League, it has not. He was one of my disappointing players in Summer League, but it also was to be expected because it's such a huge jump from Summer League, from the NBA, uh, from college to Summer League. Some people adjusted great. Some people did not. Corey Kispert wants one of those. He's got a tricky uh, roster situation with the Wizards. They have a lot of talent, a lot of people that play his position. So it's going to be interesting where he lands, but being that he was... Uh, uh, picking the teens this year I think they're going to want to get him minutes but you know they drafted a player ninth overall last year that they have to get minutes as well at his position they have Rui they have uh, Kyle Kuzma it's a, it's a lot of guys so uh, going to be interesting to see where Corey Kispert lands this year but one thing he can do is shoot and shoot it well so he will be on the court at times next I have Jaden Springer point guard selected to the Philadelphia 76ers. The Sixers needed a point guard slash shooting guard. They drafted him more than likely for defense <clears throat> because he has an ugly shot. <laughs> but he did shoot 43% from three in college. 
So, he should provide everything that Philly's looking for. In the summer league, he was very underwhelming. But, you know, like I said, some people develop later. But depending on the Ben Simmons situation, especially, Jaden Springer is a name to look out for. <clears throat> At 29, I have Jason Preston. He was drafted to the Clippers. Really high. He was drafted in the second round, but I'm really, really high on Jason Preston. I had him not going 28th to the Sixers where they took Jaden Springer. But I think Jason Preston is the future of the NBA. I think he's a player that can be LaMelo-like, Steph Curry-like. So, I mean, he just has to have that opportunity. The Clippers are obviously not going to just lay down because Kawhi is not there. But if they so happen to start losing some games, they just recently acquired Eric Bledsoe. They have an older squad right now. Uh, they still have Reggie Jackson. So he will be he's starting off the season as the third point guard. But if there are any injuries or blowouts or see that seeing that the season is lost, Jason Preston might get the keys to the car. But it definitely won't be probably the first half of the season, but I love his talent. Next, number 30, I have Isaiah Todd. He was the first pick in the second round. He was selected to the Wizards, kind of like I mentioned with Kisper earlier. Uh, it's kind of a log jam at that power forward position for the Wizards. Some of those same players. There's a lot of slashers slash tweeners. Um, so his situation is going to be interesting on his role and how he gets minutes on that clip, um, Wizards team. And, you know, he played in the G League last year. He was one of those G League Ignite players that was highly touted. And I think he will be good. It's just a matter of minutes. Because I do not think the Wizards will be good. So I think there's a trade in their future as well. 31st, I have to say, Keon Johnson for the Clippers. Uh, they draft, they traded up to, tra to draft him with the Knicks. So he was drafted 19th or 21st um, by the Clippers. But um, I think it's a good risk-reward selection. You know, he was sought after very highly coming out of high school. In college, he showed a lot of ups and downs, a lot of rawness. But people love his athleticism and his, you know, jumping ability. <laughs> he broke the record at the Combine. But I think he has a long way to go. But with, for what they invested in him, he can get some minutes on his Clippers team and try to prove everyone that he can do it. Uh, next, similar type of situation, we have Quentin Grimes for the Knicks. Now, he had a really good summer league, averaging 15 and 6 and 3 boards. Uh, and 3 assists, I'm sorry. 6 boards, 3 assists. Really good numbers. He's just on a loaded New York Knicks team. You know, they are full of point guards, a lot of shooting guards. <laughs> A decent amount of small forwards. Unless he's playing small forward, he's going to have a tough path for minutes. But he showed why he should have been a first-round selection in that summer league. He played really well. Up next, I got a guy that was barely drafted. Brandon Boston, another player to the Clippers. Raw player to the Clippers. <laughs> you see what they're doing. These are guys that, if they stayed in college maybe another year, and that's Keon Johnson and Brandon Boston, they might have been a top-ten pick. But they came out of college after one year, one underwhelming, poor year. They fell in the draft, and they scooped them up. So, I mean, that's really smart for a team like the Clippers who are not used to having top 10 picks. Uh, and they definitely wouldn't if Kawhi was there. But uh, Brandon Boston has potential to 
turn into something. He was with Zaire Williams coming out of high school, one of those highly recruited players. Zaire was drafted 10th. Brandon Boston was drafted like 53rd. So uh, we will see how he develops with the Clippers. And it's a huge um, determining factor whether the Clippers will be good this year without Kawhi. If they are not, these young guys are going to get a lot of minutes. Keon Johnson, Brandon Boston, names to look out for. And with Brandon Boston being drafted in the 50s, he still received a full contract. He did not get a two-way contract. So that's really uh, something to note as well. Number 34, Miles McBride for the Knicks. If he was on any other team, just about any other team, he would be a lot higher on this list. Played great at the Summer League 15, three and a half boards, three and a half assists, one steal per game. He is in a terrible logjam of positions at the point guard position with the New York Knicks. They brought in everybody. So this will not be the year for Miles McBride to shine, more than likely. But when I say they brought in everyone, they brought in everyone that is considered old or battered or bruised. So it's easily somewhere he could there's a world where he could get minutes and shine because they have a lot of broken bodies in New York. But I believe it's a huge risk at this point. But you're making a stake, a claim in the future. Kind of like the Clippers are doing with their young guys. Miles McBride is in that same situation. He could be starting next year. Not not, not this coming up season, but the next year. If Derrick Rose, Kimball Walker don't work out, they'll have him in quickly. And that could be a debate over who starts between them two. So it's a good investment pick. My last player on the list at number 35 is Sharif Cooper. I mean, he was just incredible, incredible, incredible in the summer league. And he fell to 48th in the real draft. There's no way he should have went 48th. He was scoring some 20-point games, big assist number games in summer league. And he proved, you know, it wasn't just because he was in college playing lesser competition. He showed up against grown men his peers, and balled out for the Hawks. Once again, positions, log jams. <laughs> this is what these players are having to fight through. Sharif is one of the, in one of the worst situations. You know, unfortunately, they have Lou Williams. They have uh, Skylar Mays. They have Brandon Goodwin. Trey Young, obviously. Uh, DeLon Wright. So a ton of point guards. Unfortunately, that's why he had to sign a two-way contract. So I see a lot of G League and Sharif Cooper's future. But I just had to give him a shout-out. Average scoring 15 points per game in the summer league. Good assist numbers. Good defense. He just looked a little young and small out there. But there's a place for him this year to, pro to succeed. So we shall see. But those are my top 35. Now I have some honorable mention players that I love. I'll name seven of them. Situation's bad, but they're super talented. Charles Bassey, late pick for the Sixers. He has not been signed yet. One of the few players has not signed his contract yet. I don't know what's going on there. If he does, it's possible that he can be the number two to Joel Embiid. But he needs to get his butt in there and sign the contract. So, yeah, he's a center. Huge potential. I thought he should have been a late first-round pick. He was middle-of-the-pack second-round. No, he was a late second-round pick. Barely drafted, so yeah. But super talented, so name to look out for him. Also, Joe Weiskamp uh, for the Spurs, knockdown three-point shooter. Has some up and, game, up and down games in Summer League, but 
you need three-point shooting. He can be Duncan Robinson 2.0. He just has to get those minutes. Um, Greg Brown for the Portland Trailblazers. They drafted him. He's a big man. He's a little raw, but they signed him to a full contract. And there is no player that is holding down that power forward uh, position in Portland. So if he makes his way up through the depth chart, he was their only draft pick, he could get some minutes over there. You know, Larry Nance will be there, but he could be Larry Nance's backup and get some good minutes. Next, I have Sandro Mamuklashvili, super talented center, uh, international. He's on the Milwaukee Bucks. I think he should have gotten a regular contract, but he got a two-way. Got to hate those two-way contracts. But, I mean, from all accounts, he could be better than Brooke Lopez. But being on a two-way is going to be tough this year. Aaron Wiggins, from he was drafted by OKC. Really late in the draft, but played well in summer league. His talent is undeniable. He's a great shooting guard. I mean, he's a really... He fits the bill to be, if you were creating a player on, you know, 2K, you would draft, you would create a player like Aaron Wiggins. He can do it all, and he's a great sh- scoring shooting guard. And so he's on OKC. We will see how many minutes he gets. Next, I have JT Thor. He was drafted by the Hornets. His situation is minutes and logjam as well, but he was one of the few second round uh, players that received a full-on contract. So you know they really value him. And I had him going in the first round. So to get him around 36th, 37th in the draft, great selection by the Hornets and a name to look out for. And last but not least, Nemius Keita. He was drafted by the Kings. You know, and then they just started bringing in all the centers. <laughs> they re-signed Rashawn Holmes and they signed a couple other centers. So... Unfortunately, there's not a huge path for minutes for him, so they had to sign him to a two-way contract. So, uh, but his talent is there, and uh, I really believe he will be a good center in this league. That wraps up my coverage, my show about you know how I feel about these rookies and their fantasy impact. You know, I had Alan Sorokin on the show. He named like three or four rookies. That are worth drafting and that's it. So I had to take a deep dive into it. And shout out everyone that will and can have some fantasy value for your teams. Especially if you're in deep leagues. Remember that factor. Deep leagues are important. And you know I feel like you know these rookies deserve a shot. Now coming up later in the week I will do a dynasty version of this. And those rankings will be switched around. It seems weird, but what I did was for this upcoming season of fantasy. Dynasty, you have to think about the next 10 years. So I'm really excited about that. We'll hit that later in the week. Hope you all enjoyed the show. Thank you all so much. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Rate, review, subscribe, comment, (laughs) follow, everything on the All Rookie Podcast. Thank you so much. I'm out of here. Peace. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.